0: Oh, that that kind of felt like really intimate right from the beginning, didn't it? Wow. Hi. Welcome. Hello. 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 Um, I believe the best way to start is a proper introduction, yeah? So here it goes. My name is Alexandra Rain, and I recently graduated from the University of Utah. I earned my bachelor's of science in psychology with minors in modern dance and writing and rhetoric. During my time at university, I signed to three modeling agencies, including my mother agency, Naya, my LA agency, Photogenics, and my New York agency, Crawford Models. There's no delicate way to say this. I'm currently fumbling through an identity crisis. Call it the angst of the early 20s or the anxiety that comes post-grad, tomato, tomato. For really my entire life, my identity has been as a student. I certainly wasn't always the best, especially in high school, but come college, I grew to genuinely love academia and the structure it provided. I'm no longer studying at the minute, and I'm not sure what my title is. Recently, it seems it just might be model, and as much as I love that and am grateful to get to work as one, something has always felt slightly off about that. Don't get it twisted, modeling is a fascinating job, and I'm still finding my role as one. With the humble beginning of this career, I've already met such lovely and brilliant people that draw out a childlike curiosity in me. I want to learn more about this industry that I'm lucky to have a small part of. So, ding, 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 you guessed it. I decided my title, for now, will be model student. And that just so happens to be the name of this podcast. Clever, right? I owe it to my friend Liz Love. I went out with Liz the other night with our friend Aria, and I admitted that I wanted to start a podcast. I feel like it's just the right-of-way for a 20-year-old, I said. People used to start blogs, now they start podcasts, and this is mine, evidently. Model Student will consist of my experiences, as well as interviews with other creatives and professionals that work within the fashion industry. I'm considering this to be my first step closer to becoming a big-time magazine editor, and I can promise there will be some rom-com references along the way if you know you know and what better way well also just let me clarify i i just i did just reference rom-com within that past you know big time magazine editor jenna rinks thirteen going on 30 if you get it you get it okay moving on we're moving on and what better way to move on and what better way to start than with a great spectacle that is new york fashion week i cannot tell you how many new york fashion week vlogs i've watched and rewatched over the years New York Fashion Week has always been fascinating to me, and I think that I've finally placed a finger as to why. We'll get there, I promise. But let's establish the beginning. I mean, seriously, the very origin. The first teases of Fashion Week can be traced back to the late 1800s, accountable by Charles Frederick Worth. Worth has the namesake of being the father of couture and modeling careers. Thank you, Charles. Additionally, Worth has a legacy of being the first fashion designer to hire real women to show his garments. These shows, known at the time as fashion parades, were exclusive and private to the finest of Paris. Different accounts and at different experiences. One implies that these initial shows lacked spectacle and were dedicated primarily to selling. Whereas in other states, these shows were usually more theatrical than of those today, heavily based upon a single theme and accompanied with a narrative commentary. The objectivity begins to blur at subjective interpretation, which arguably could be the epitome of style. Regardless, I can't offer my opinion on the events because I wasn't invited, nor was I alive. The proper origin of New York Fashion Week starts with Dear Eleanor Lambert. She's a hell of a woman. Lambert was born in Indiana, studied sculpture, and moved to New York when she was 22 years old in 1925. Working as an art publicist, she contributed to the startup of the New York Dress Institute. Two years after that, in 1943, she sparked another innovation, Press Week. That same year, again, 1943, the scheduled shows in Europe were canceled due to Nazi occupation. Despite the occurrence of a Second World War, the commodity and celebrity essence of fashion went on. However, this time, and for the first time, the attention shifted to American designers. And thus, New York Press Week, which we now know as New York Fashion Week, began. I've highly anticipated New York Fashion Week long before I knew about the history thereof. I mean, seriously, I've anticipated it forever. In fifth grade, I theorized with my best friend Elle about how we end up there. I just know I'm going to be there. I'd say with the unbreakable certainty and confidence that children carry. I wasn't entirely sure what my role was going to be, but admittedly, I would practice my spies during the commercial breaks of America's Next Top Model. I repeated, "I just know I'm going to be there." Over the years. The affirmation felt tangible, although I couldn't ever quite explain why. When the explanation, or rather reality, came that I was going to actually have a shot of being an active participant in Fashion Week, the affirmation, I just know I'm going to be there, suddenly felt less concrete, which is odd, right? Because I was finally going, confirmed with my agent and all. I had bought flight tickets, subleased my apartment, taken work off, I even practiced walking in hills, the whole bit. I just know I'm going to be there, Landed me actually being there. New York Fashion Week begins with castings, yet prior to that, there's prepping for castings, getting the proper outfit, which in my case required looking less Americana, and adopting an edgy, cool girl persona. After the outfit, perfect walking, which, it, it it's weird, but it, it takes actually quite a skill. Shoulders back, but not too tense. Walk in a straight line, quickly. Don't swing your arms too much, but don't look stiff. Again, again, again. All right, one more time. Again, again. Stand tall or relax. Again, again. All right, that's okay. And then finally, the paperwork. I'm talking comp cards, baby. A piece of paper that has your digitals, measurements, and agency. And voila, off to castings you go. I'll be brief here because that's how majority of castings are. I mean, truly, they're quick and unlike the models, rather short. Sometimes all the directors want to see is your walk. Shoulders back, remember. And then you're off to the next. At others, they'll take your photo. They might tell you to wait and try on some pieces. There's little window to charm or dazzle them subjectively because, generally speaking, they're just interested in the objective. Thank you next can feel like the coldest rejection when really it's just a simple expression of gratitude. This is where the fifth grade fantasy fades into an echo chamber of comparison. The unbreakable certainty and confidence is gone and replaced with this illusion. Allow me to explain. The sample of people I've met in New York are models or connected to the industry, which is obviously not representative of the entire population, but it's easy to forget that in the midst of castings. The perception shifts to, everyone is a model, which inevitably made me feel a little less special, which is possibly lame to admit, but it's true. It is an odd-sinking feeling hearing about the model who had more castings for the day or is already confirmed for a handful of shows. The anticipated excitement melts into dreaded anxiety and hypervigilance to the smallest details. Did I walk fast enough? Why did the casting director raise their eyebrow that way and what does it mean? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I mean by disillusion. Allow me to burst my own bubble. To even be considered in the room, so to speak, is extremely cool. I mean, seriously. It's easy to forget about the luck and magic of it all, though. So, we can leave the echo chamber of comparison now and close the chapter on castings. I found out on Wednesday that I was confirmed for a presentation. I was on my way to another casting, waiting for the train, and I was as giddy as a schoolgirl whose crush texted her back. Truly, I was squealing. I grinned ear to ear, got off at my stop, and in the middle of texting my friends the news, saw a man's, uh, well, for the sake of decency, privates (laughs) hanging out and about on the street. New York City baby. If Eleanor was alive today, I wonder what she'd make of the grand event. Eleanor's legacy continues to touch lives and expands to include more artists. I am such a small part of it all. It really does take a village. There's the agents, casting directors, designers, models, stylists, hair and makeup artists, photographers, and that's only scratching the surface. I was a part of Snowju Gao's spring slash summer 2022 collection presentation, which is different from the typical walk down the runway show. The beginnings are both the same, starting with an early call time and getting hair and makeup done, which just might be my favorite part. Afterwards, I changed into the outfit selected for me, which was different from the fit I tried on at the casting. It was cool, for lack of a better word, seeing my comp card attached to the hanger, a reminder that I was selected. It's surreal accounting for it now. Surreal. That's the word that came to mind then and resurfaces now. As the cameras flashed, I tried to take my own mental snapshot of the moment. I was starstruck being there, unable to hide my cool as well as everyone else. We shot the lookbook first. At the time, I didn't realize the photographer was shooting for Vogue runway. He was kind and directed well. After each look had been captured, we were placed into where we'd stand for the presentation. A piano was at the center, with an animated screen behind. What was really neat was the animation was a time-lapse of the designs being drawn. It was lovely. The models curved into a half circle around the piano, half on one side, half on the other. The guests arrived and initially stayed their distance, then the bubble popped. The next hour passed with such strange intimacy. The possibility of being perceived was inevitable, however, the perception wasn't focused on the individual model, but rather the garment they wore, and how it was connected to the collection as a whole. The guests, a mixture of whom I can assume were journalists, photographers, influencers and beyond, drew close to document and observe. However, no verbal conversation occurred, thus the strange intimacy. I mean, no verbal conversation between the models and the guests. Standing there, watching the guests take a photo, I would shift poses, slight movements to better highlight what I was wearing. Occasionally, there'd be eye contact and barely nod from the guests to signal I got it, invisible way of saying they saw me and slash or got the content they needed. Bizarrely enough, I felt more vulnerable when people weren't taking pictures. Instead, they'd approach and look, as one does at a museum. The length of observation varied between the guests. What did they think? I can only imagine how this curiosity was heightened for Snow. Allow me to properly introduce Snow and her brand. Snow's you Gao is a luxury women's wear brand based and made in New York. Snow launched her brand in 2017 after earning her master's degree in fashion design and society from Parsons, the new school of design, New York. Her resume is quite impressive, as it reads on her website. Soon after her graduation, with the commercial development of the same collection, she started selling globally and got invited to the show on schedule at New York Fashion Week. Snow was nominated for the LVMH Prize and Forbes Asia 30 Under 30 list in 2018. Beyond that, she has won numerous awards and presented many collections, and I had the honor to be graced with her talent. I'm still learning how to be literate in the art of fashion, so thankfully for me, Snow's design process is also described on her website. Reading about her process while having my own first-hand account of her designs is comparable to reading an art plaque in a museum. I know the impression that the clothes left on me, however, having the context of intention for the work makes it a much more rounded encounter. With context i'm able to connect my experience to the invisible language of the art it's actually rather cool so i'll stop my narrative and share snows duality is the center of her aesthetic the influence draws upon the art movements and costume culture between eastern and western more concretely the asymmetric draping and tailor line break away from the conventional definitions of feminine and masculine her professional and mixed culture background always prevails when it comes to consideration of the balance of garment structure and pattern I thought it was rather brilliant. Paper Magazine stated, Snow is continually pushing boundaries through exaggerated proportions, and Vogue applauded Snow for rethinking the masculine and feminine. Every artist who partakes in designing their collection has a process. I mean, duh, right? But listen, there's a unique perspective in each piece, a story, a memory, a feeling, quite literally a feeling. How does the fabric feel? How does it fit? How does it present to the rest of the world? Getting dressed is a daily activity, but has the possibility to offer so much. It's the easiest way to convey who you are. There's a twinge in my brain, as I say this, that worries i sound silly, and that twinge can be traced to earlier years of conditioning, the belief that fashion is dumb, frivolous, a waste of time, money, space, blah, blah, blah. At best, fashion is a girly girl activity, which, sidebar, why is it assumed that feminine activities can't offer intellect? But I digress. Actually, no, I don't digress because this is my whole point. Fashion in the Grand New York Fashion Week is, yes, about selling clothes and presenting collections, but it's also intimate and exciting and certainly chaotic. As I referenced earlier, it's comparable to museum, except there are no frames, there are people. The art is the apparel. And what's so brilliant about fashion, comparably to traditional fine art, is it's accessible. Accessible in the sense that we have... All, we all have the liberty to choose how we dress and how our sense of style connects back to our personality. As Fashion Week progresses, it's less exclusive and elite as companies move to presentation style and offering live streams of the event. Especially with the pandemic, it seems more and more brands are doing this than before. Earlier I said New York Fashion Week has always been fascinating to me, and I promise I'd tell you why that is. On the surface, the attraction originated because of the allure of it all. However, if I'm being entirely honest, the fascination sources from the admiration of those who allowed themselves to be so unapologetically who they are, watching blogs over the years and appreciating the unbashed creativity and ability to express through something as quote simple as clothes, letting go of that twinge in my brain and accepting the pill to what so many others dismiss as unnecessary. I don't believe it's too bold to say that Fashion Week is a continually historic event an important one at that. Fashion Week is a reflection of culture and serves as a time capsule to record the reflection of time, place, and people in a special manner. And, just to remind you in case you forgot, I had a part of that. A small one. A very small one. But it's still something that I can repeat back when I'm 80. So, thank you Eleanor Lambert for your innovation. That's all for now, my dear. But I look forward to chatting with you again. Even though this is very much a one-sided conversation. Thank you for listening. Take care. Thank you.